Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. Pentecostals believe very strongly in divine healing. We frequently quote during our church services, James 5, 14 through 15, which says that if a person is sick, they should ask the elders of the church to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the expectation, of course, is that God will do a a miracle. We also frequently quote Mark chapter 16, where Jesus said that those who believe on him will lay hands on the sick and that they will recover. However, we know from personal experience that not everybody who gets anointed with oil or is prayed for is healed. How do we reconcile that reality with what God said in his word about divine healing? Let's start with the scripture, as you have already done. First of all, we as Pentecostals absolutely believe that God heals. That includes physical and emotional healing. That includes instantaneous healing. That includes miracles of deliverance. So we must always preach and teach that. We do believe in the gifts of the Spirit, divine healing, and miracles. We believe that healing is in the atonement in the sense that when Jesus died for our sins and rose again, He not only purchased forgiveness for our sins, but He purchased healing and wholeness for our bodies. However, and here's where the issue comes, not all the benefits of the atonement are immediate. For example, we still live in a sinful world. We're still subject to temptations. It's possible that we could succumb to temptation and make a bad choice and sin. Uh, even though the Lord has saved us from sin, we still have that temptation. And moreover, we live in mortal bodies that will get sick, and one day we will die. Everybody's going to die sooner or later of something until the rapture takes place. I mean, after all, the apostles were great men of faith. They preached divine healing, but none of them are alive today. They all died of something. And you may say, well, that's not fair. They they were tortured and killed, but okay, all their contemporaries, uh, everybody in the church, everybody is dead, 100%. So some, the benefit of the glorified body and perfect healing is not until the rapture of the church and the catching away of the saints and living for the Lord in heaven. So we live in this middle ground where healing is promised, but it's not going to be complete in this life. So, uh, and, and by the way, I've written a book called Spiritual Gifts, and I do have a chapter on healing, and I address at length this question, why are some people not healed? Now, now some will say, well, if you only had enough faith, everybody would be healed. But that's not accurate. As I just said, all the great people of faith died of something. But even if you look in the Bible, Paul several times mentions co-workers who are sick. Uh, Trophimus, for example, he had to leave him because he was sick. Epaphroditus was sick. Paul even told Timothy, gave him advice for uh, nutrition because he he was sick. He had a chronic illness, apparently. Uh, Paul had a thorn in the flesh. We don't know if it was a physical illness or some other type of trial, but nevertheless, he prayed three times for God to deliver him, and God didn't deliver him, but instead said, uh, you know, my grace is sufficient. So it is biblical to understand that 
no, not everybody receives healing and not everybody receives instant healing. I will say that some healing can be instant, but some healing can be gradual. It's still healing. Really, all healing is God's healing. So let's say you need to have surgery and the surgeon cuts out the cancer or some other problem. Well, then we're all still depending on the body to heal itself. You know, the surgeon doesn't actually heal your body. That wound is going to be healed by a natural process that God designed. And since we're so used to it, we just think of it as mundane. But it's really God. You, you think about the human body and how it fights off disease and how it heals itself. Really, that's amazing. So if you go to God in prayer and he heals you instantly at that moment, great. But what if he does like the surgeon, cuts out whatever's wrong, and over the next week you gradually get better? We say, oh, well, I didn't get healed. That was just lucky or that was just nature. Well, wait a minute. God designed your body to do that, and if something was wrong and if he just touched you and fixed what was wrong and then let the body resume its natural work and it took a week or two weeks to do its work, isn't that still God? So when you think of it from that perspective, there, there is a lot of healing that maybe we don't fully appreciate. But having said that, let's get to the heart of your question. And I will say as a Pentecostal, we must consider the first reason why we might not be healed is lack of faith. So let's not just shove it off and say, oh, well, you know, it doesn't happen to some, but not at all, not to others. We do need to trust God, have faith in God, because time and time again in the Gospels, when Jesus healed someone, he said, your faith has made you whole. Or to the contrary, there are cases because of your unbelief. And we can say, like the man who came with the afflicted son, and Jesus said, well, if you believe, I can do it. And, and he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Some people say, oh, that's poor faith. Well, Jesus healed the son. Jesus accepted it. I think the point is be honest. Yes, I do believe you, Lord, but I am struggling. I have to admit, I have to be honest. <laughs> my intellectual thinking, my scientific background, my culture, whatever, I'm, I'm having a struggle. I do believe, but I'm honest, Lord, I'm struggling. Take me as I am. The Lord can take that. But we must go to God in faith. And James makes an interesting point. A lot of times we don't have because we don't ask. So we, we're sick, so we take a pill. We're sick, so we go to the doctor. Well, thank God for medicines and doctors. I don't think that's against God's will. I think that's in harmony with God's will. Um, but God can, God can use medicines and doctors, and a lot of what they provide, after all, is just good information so the body can heal itself and follow you know, good diet, good exercise, the way God intended so doctors and even medicine, many times, they're just helping you get back on track with the original creative purpose of God. So there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, our trust is not in doctors or medicine. Our trust is in God. So the first reason why people aren't healed is because they don't have faith. They don't ask. They don't believe. They don't trust. We need to remember that. And so I think sometimes in we look at in poor countries, there seem to be more dramatic healings. Well, maybe it's because the people... No, there's no other option. They go to God first and foremost, and God answers their sincere cry and their, their urgency. Second reason might be bad choices of our own. So if you smoke and get cancer, emphysema, God could heal you, but I don't know that we can have a lot of confidence, especially if we're keep, going to keep smoking. Okay, God, you know I want to keep sinning, but I, I want you to take away the bad consequences. God is not obligated to do that. Or let's say we have high blood pressure and maybe it's due to overweight and 
poor diet, eating the wrong things, is God obligated to heal us of the high blood pressure, or are we supposed to get control of our diet and our exercise and, and so forth? So I think there are many times, some cases could be actually judgment for sin, although I don't think we should go around trying to identify people, but yet we can say in a very practical sense, sexual promiscuity can bring diseases. Uh, hatred, bitterness, jealousy, strife can bring uh, such stress on the physical body that, yes, that can be a big component of heart attacks and, and strokes and high blood pressure. So evil that we allow in our lives, whether emotionally or physically, can definitely be the cause of, of sickness. And bad choices that aren't sinful but just aren't according to God's creative intent whether we realize it or not, we expose ourselves to, to uh, things that are harmful to us, well, that can be a reason why we're not healed. But then I also have to say some things we have to leave into the will of God, and we won't really know till later. But perhaps some people aren't healed or some people aren't healed instantly because it's the general purpose of God. Not necessarily to say that God caused the sickness, but God is allowing the natural process of life without intervention, and he does see a way that he's going to use it for a higher purpose or for his glory. That's not to say any individual thing is necessarily good. I don't think we have to say, well, I broke my leg. Thank God. That's good because I know something's good going to happen. Or I, I was born with this incurable disease. Well, thank God. I'm glad it was because God can use me. I don't think we have to go to that extreme but I think we can say some things are just life. Some things may be the devil. Some things may be life in a fallen world. We have an imperfect world. We have genetic flaws. We have accidents. We have disease because we live in a sinful world. So it's not my sin or your sin. It's just life. And for whatever reason, God doesn't intervene to overcome. So many people with long-term illness or, or, or genetic uh, disease or something like that. It's not a matter of God causing it, but you could say God didn't miraculously intervene. And when he doesn't, you could say, well, God, Romans 8, 28, I'm not saying every individual thing is identifiable as good, but God works all things together for good. So all of our life experiences make me who we are. So it's not that I would say, oh, I'm glad that accident happened to me 10 years ago. I'm glad I was in the hospital 10 years ago or whatever. That was good for me. But we can say, you know, all the things that happened, good and bad, God wove them together to make me who I am and to give me the opportunities that I have. So, so if I had to do it all over again, I, I wouldn't change anything because that's made me who I am. Or at least we can be at peace to say, well, I wouldn't want to go through that again. If I had a choice, I wouldn't. But Look what God has done with my life. And I think when we get to heaven, there will be no regrets. When he wipes away the tears, we're not going to argue, why did I have to shed that tear? <laughs> when it's the Lord himself who takes it away, it will be worth it all. So there are many answers to your question. I think first and foremost, we have to consider if we're not healed, it can be definitely a lack of faith. It could be bad choices of our own. It could be just the more general, we live in a fallen, sinful world, and bad things happen to good people, and um, God works all things together for good. Sometimes we may identify a purpose as to why he didn't heal or why he allowed us to go through a time of sickness. Other, other times we may not really see identifiable purpose, but we take the whole together and we, we say, God did orchestrate my life. 
And then finally, I would say some healing is not for now, but for later. So whatever we don't receive in this life, when we wake up, we'll receive it in the life to come. So the ultimate answer is, hey, we just haven't gotten healed yet, but we will. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast. We hope you'll make plans to join us again next time when once again we take a look at how the Bible applies to our everyday lives.